This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everyone, thanks for joining the Tohunnenbach podcast sponsored by Six Yards Out and Old Zoological. And for some reason, Ant's laughing through the intro. Did, did I do something wrong? I, I hope um, I tried. I tried to scram one last second pizza before the video finished and it didn't quite work. And it didn't work. That's a very unprofessional start from uh, Ant. But I'm also joined by, by Will and myself, your host Nathaniel, who will try and keep the, the podcast together with um, Ant just, you know, <laughs> eating eating on their job it's not that's not good but uh i mean well before the episode or the, the last episode i mean um we were discussing that looking ahead to these two difficult fixtures commentary and burnley two draws um would be a positive result in both of those we got one draw against commentary and then we lost against burnley last night so will i'll go to you first over the course of these two games um were you surprised at how things went and are you relatively you know not too disappointed by you know no wins in those two games i'm not too disappointed at all um coventry i felt was a draw the result was a draw both teams had enough chances themselves <laughs> to score it probably should have been a higher scoring draw let's be honest mm-hmm. um but burnley was going into it was a free hit for me i'd have been happy getting anything out of it and I was just uh, I was happy enough with the performance, and the performance was good against a team that's cruising back to the champ, back to the Premier League. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I, I cruising is the right word. I don't I don't know what you could say about them. They're that good. Mm. Yeah, I mean they're they're definitely one of the best Championship teams. Um, not just that we've played, but in in Championship history, I think there there was at one point a few weeks ago that maybe they'll break the record. I don't know whether they're going to do that now. Um, they still can. Blackpool, they still but can. They, they could do. They could do. And then of course Coventry, another solid um, team as well, not quite as good as Burnley. So, um, and what were your general thoughts on a, a draw and a defeat this week? I think it's about what we expected. 
Um, you know, Coventry were in form heading into our game and hadn't lost many at home. Um, so it was always going to be a tough place to go to and we'd have all took a point. We got a point and it was a good performance and could have even nicked more in the end. Um, but obviously, Burnley, again, you know, all you could have asked for is a good performance and I think we got that. I think 3-1 in the end flatters them and I think Burnley fans have been a bit in that oh, yeah. way. You know, with the, we've been getting a lot of praise from them. I think they've had a bit of frustration this season because a lot of teams just tend to park the bus against them and don't really try and play any football. But they're rather... Um, Obviously, well, they, they praise the fact that we actually tried to play some football and, and, and go at them. So, obviously, they ended up winning 3-1. But I think that was more of a case of, you know, poor defending and, and, and individual errors that led to that rather than them blowing us away. So, uh, and on another day, we could have nicked a couple of extra goals, you know, if it was before finishing. So, frustrating in the sense that we probably could have got more from the league leaders. But, like we say, overall, a draw and a, a, a loss against these two teams, I think, is, is what we expected. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I mean, I think when you have two games in a week, you can start to spot a few trends. And I wrote down in the notes that uh, the uh, second half at Coventry, we were much better. The first half wasn't too great, similar to the West Brom game. We started quite slowly and we had a lot of chances in the second half. And I think I've written that um, in my notes for the Burnley game as well. So I think maybe that's the reason why we haven't really uh, done really well in these two games is that we're not putting in a 90-minute performance. And I think, you know, in a way, somehow we played better against Burnley, but but didn't get the uh, the three points. So I think second halves were, were much better. Um, one thing that happened in the well, very early on in the first game, because we'll go chronologically, was uh, Tete started. Of course, we're very happy to see him start after screwing against West Brom and then another injury. So we'll... I mean, I, I don't know what there is more to say about City players getting injured this season, but can you find anything new to say about this issue? No. Um, no, I didn't think just, so, to be it's, honest. It's getting it's getting a bit sad. I suppose because Tete, is, Tete had such a good ret- one to return. He was clearly playing so well and straight away pretty much injured and back out pretty much the rest of the season now. I mean, hmm. we're back from probably the last couple of games at best. But, yeah, not really much point playing. He, he, was, he was doing so well. It's just such a shame. Mm, yeah, and would you agree that, you know, he was playing well and then just, it's it's just a tail of the season, isn't it, really? It's for him. We're not going to be getting into the playoffs, really. Yeah, we've just had not, we, we haven't had a consistent 11 all season. Um, we tend to get a player who's, who hits form or looks good and then we lose them to either injury or suspension. And it's it, you can just imagine how frustrated Rosinia is because, it's clear that Tete had, you know, has great ability and would have been a great asset in the games that we had left, especially with his hold-up ability and giving us a bit of a plan B when we get pressed high, which I think at the moment is the only uh, problem with Rosini's tactical approach is that when teams realise that they can sort of squeeze us to, to a mistake at the back, we don't have an outlet to, to, to counter that. So with Tete, we had it and then lost it so quickly. <laughs> it's like, you know... We, we, we've seen glimpses yeah. of what he can do and we're really, really optimistic about what he can bring to the team and for whatever reason, he just can't stay fit and, you know, hamstring suggests mm-hmm. maybe that he's, you know, overstretched maybe on his run for the... because he nearly got slid through, didn't he? That's when he pulled up. But, yeah, really frustrating. Same with Coyle in the Burnley game. You know, the, these injuries have really disrupted the games as well. I thought Tete, obviously at Coventry, we had a game plan and that went straight out the window within the first half and then... With Coyle, as again, we've got no fit right back, so we had to stick poor Doc there. So, you know, it's it's a very, very frustrating season, and you can just imagine Rosinius pulling his hair out behind the scenes and, and probably trying to figure out why. And 
I can expect the players are going to have a long grueling pre-season, I think, in terms of running, because um, they'll they'll need to build up some muscle um, mm. and fitness, definitely, for the for the high press that he wants to do next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, 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 the, I agree. The Burnley game would have been interesting if it had been Tessie up front instead of Pelgas, I think. Very interesting the way we were playing. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, Pelkas came under a bit of criticism. He was playing in that false nine role, and I'm not really sure that that's his best position. Although I mean, it's not, it was more being played there out of trying something new, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, I guess it's a free hit. Why there. not try something new against against exactly. Burnley rather than anyone else in a game? Perhaps you really need to get three points. Um, but then I guess one positive that Tete came off, Oscar came on and scored perhaps his best goal for City. Um, it, exactly the sort of thing that um, I've been complaining about him and a lot of people have that, you know, when he gets into that position on the edge of the box, he usually doesn't score. He had a big chance against Burnley, which he didn't take, but the one against Coventry was really nice. Weak foot, top corner, taking it around the, uh, the defender. So, and it's exactly the sort of impact we thought Oh, I hoped that him being uh, subbed against uh, West Brom and not starting, uh, being dropped, and then uh, perhaps going on to the next game, and when he gets his chance, you know, showing that he he wants to get into the team and, and score. Of course, he doesn't actually have any rival players to get into the team now because Tete and Connolly are both injured, and Pelkas hasn't played very well. But uh, and is that Oscar's best goal so far? Do you think? Yeah, I think it's. I think it was just inside the box. I think mm. I thought it was outside from where I was sat, but I think it was just yeah, it's still never going to. He's still not scored from outside the box. Um, it, couldn't have, that, it couldn't have been more top corner than that. No, it was a great finish, especially with his weak foot. I mean, it's it's interesting that Tete did it with his weak foot the the game before, and then Oscar went and did it with his weak the foot yeah. against Coventry. But you know, it, it, it's good for him to get that goal because, like we say, he seems to score in patches and. Um, it, it'd gone a while without scoring, so mm. it, it, for him to be dropped and then come back, uh, you know, obviously take his chance after Tete's injury and get a goal straight back in the team will do do him the world of good for confidence and the world of good for us for the rest of the season. Because if he goes on a run now where he scores, you know, there's not many games left, so he could finish on. I mean, mm. he's probably got 20 goals in his sights. What's he seven goals off? Ten games left. Yeah, yeah. I don't see him doing that. He? Fifteen minimum. You know, another hat trick. season, isn't it? Um, you know, free yeah. free signing from. From the Portuguese league, getting 15 goals in his first season would be good. I think that's what he should aim for. But yeah, no, he's he's, he's he, he took that goal well, and, and hopefully, like we say, he gets a couple more in the games left. Yeah, I mean, I think a uh, 15 goal a uh, season strike is what most teams uh, cry out for. And uh, even though we haven't really done enough to get into the top six this season, having him up front is exactly the sort of thing we wanted last year. And, and uh, relegation-wise, we've not really ever been in a a, you know, a huge relegation battle, especially since the senior game. It just does, doesn't so. it? That if, if we're going to end the season with what you would assume, I, I would put money on him finishing on at least fifteen. But it yeah. shows that if you if you aren't anywhere near the top six and you've got a striker that scored fifteen plus, it just shows that you haven't got enough goals anywhere else in the team. And I don't think it's really our fault this season because, like we say, the players that you'd look to to score, your likes of Aliar, Tete, uh, Pelkas, they've they've all been injured for large yeah. periods of the season. That. You know, he's kind of had to shoulder the burden on his own, anti and um two fan considering he's in and out of the team to be on five goals is impressive as well from midfield. So and, and he could have so many more if you put it anywhere but the middle of the goal at the keeper all the time. So yeah, you know, we're, we're a very nearly team, aren't we? Um you look at some of these players and you just think, you know, if we'd have had a fully fit squad this season, what could we have done? Or, you know, if we didn't have that horrific run under Shotter, 
it's just going to be a season where you look back on and just say what if, and it, it, quite frustrating, isn't it? But optimistic for next season at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, really we've been sort of hindered by the fact that we didn't have a good manager for half the season. Dawson came in and steadied the boat a little bit, um, but yeah, the football under Shotter was nowhere near as good as um, Rossini. I mean, how how many goals do you think our team now would put past a Shotter team early in the season? It would be complete, you know. Complete domination, wouldn't it? It would be men against boys, um, you know, to use a good idiom. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't be a pleasant thing to watch for, for us if we were the fans for the old version of City. Um, but and, and some of the football we played against uh, Coventry in that period, um, we got the first goal, then Ebuway had a big chance, Kyle had one over the bar, two fans scored a lovely header, which was offside. So I think maybe looking at those chances, maybe we could have won it. I mean, you both said a, a draw was a fair result. I think it would have been uh, really um, you know, helpful to get a, another win. But one thing I'd like to just point out, because we've been saying the playoffs has been over for weeks and weeks, but um, on the commentary, James Fletcher, the commentator, was saying you know, they really need to get that, that winning goal to get back into the playoff hunt. Give it a rest, mate. It, it, it's over. It, it's been gone for, for weeks and weeks. So, you know, I guess... Fletcher's doing his job. He's got to make yeah. it exciting. Exactly, exactly. Give but you see, the thing is, 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 that's the mindset Rosinha will have. He's, he's an ambitious coach. <laughs> and he is. He, it is he the mindset hide. Rosinha has. As long as it's mathematically possible, he, he will continue to say, why can't we get the top six? And all it takes, for example, like we're only saying really now that it's done because it's unlikely that we're going to go on a run of three or four wins. But if we yeah. do... You're back it's in back it. On. So it's just it's 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 just we're going on the realistic nature that it's unlikely we will do so because of how inconsistent we've been and the lack of goals that we've got at the minute. But you know, it's still there. It, it's like a little enticing parrot, but I think it's just gonna be out of our reach, isn't it? Yeah, I think we'd have to win something like six or seven of the last nine to to even get close to the playoffs. Well, considering enough. we're playing the, the teams above us, you probably mm. wouldn't need to because you'd be gaining ground with each win you had. If you won Maybe. three or four on the bounce, you're right back in it, aren't you, for the running? Of course, it makes it more difficult to get those wins because they are higher than you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's the right attitude to have and, and it's exactly the attitude you want the players to have. Uh, they just it annoyed me ever, ever so slightly. But um, <laughs> you, you usually just do a very good job. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, we haven't won in uh, away from home in like four or five games. So it's just frustrating. I think someone said it on the last episode. We never seem to get... Um, you know, that home and away form at the same time. But hopefully that's something the senior can work on uh, going into next season. Um, uh, every way that that big chance he, he put across, um, I mean, I don't want to say to him too much because he had a, a fantastic game against Burnley, but... I was going to say, we go on against game. Burnley instead. Yeah, well, well let's, no, let's do that. Let's do that because I think that was a, a solid point um, away from home. Uh, you know, shame to concede and, uh, you know, not keep another clean sheet, but a draw... Very solid, but then Burnley, as you said, a free hit. So, um, and um, well, do, do you want to just wax lyrical about Ebuway? Because I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, I, I thought it was really important for him to put that kind of performance in because, um, you know, since 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 coming, he's he's not really obviously shown what um kind of player that he can be. Um, I mean, Liam Rosini said that he was his um, you know, top target for January. So. He must have something about him. And, you know, he's come into some really tricky away games where we've been under the cosh and not playing well. So he's not really had the platform to really express himself. And I thought 
he's he's gone into this Burnley game. He obviously looks a bit more match up. He looks more fit, and he's just gone. No, do you know what? I'm going to go for it. And I, I thought all game he had Matson on toast. I think Matson was mm-hmm. really worried about whatever threat Ebuwey carried whenever he ran at him. Um, oh yeah. Like like we say, if if if, if we had, you know, the the. the I think there was some. Sometimes the players were stuck stuck in two minds whether or not to run up and support him and get into the box and commit men forward, but risk being countered. And there were some times where he had the ball in a really good position and he put the ball in the box and there was nobody there. So it, it, it had been a, quite frustrated. He was desperate for a goal. He kept it, towards the end. He kept shooting from like the outside of the box and he trying to curl one into the top corner. And you can see now his confidence is growing. I'd like to see him start in the next game because I think he's. I think he will. That. Yeah, and I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that he has a similar because if he does similar against Reading, you know, he'll, he'll probably score. And um, it, it's interesting because I, I think we'll probably go for him on loan again next season. He's he's, un, he's unlikely to play for Palace. Maybe if they go down, he'll keep they'll, he'll play. But um, I, I think we'll go for him again next season. And it'd be interesting. It'd be good for him to get a good run of games now to show us what he can do to get us excited to have him next season with a full preseason with Rosie in the, in the squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, that's exactly the sort of performance we expected from a player that was the top transfer target for Vecinia, isn't it? Well, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, Vecinia was on about him in November, not even in mm. January. He was on about him back during the World Cup break. So he showed how much he was after him. And obviously, it took him a bit of time to get involved, but I think that's because of fitness. But like I say, it looks on it now. And it's not just him either. Uh, Adama Traore finally starting a game and he was superb in that midfield. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for the first first start he's had um, in you know men's football in well over a year, I think something like thirty, maybe even fourteen months. Um, he looked really sharp, and he was yeah. going round round players quite easily. Won quite a few fouls, you know, Jack Grealish esque. So you know, having all those players like Epiway and Troy that can go past past players with their pace and their skill was really exciting. And just thinking, I mean, I thought Aliar played really well. Um, he had a really great cross to Pelkas. I mean, the sort of cross Oscar or Tete would love, and it just, you know, we didn't have that player, that, you know, aerial presence to score the goal. But just thinking about it, um, I'm surprised we lost the game now because all our players seem to do really well, especially going forward. But uh, we did win the game on expected goals. Of course, that means pretty much nothing. But uh, And it was the... Um, of course, that doesn't really matter if you're going to make those defensive mistakes. So... One big question was Elder, the first goal, was he fouled? No. No one. Mm. I don't for, think for me, so for me, if 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 you're an opposition fan and that's given against you, you are you're all right. You're all right. He's, he's not put enough on him. He's misjudged yeah. the header and it, if it only required that small touch to make him miss out, then he mistimed it. It's a, you know, it was he just got to own it, really, and he should have. He shouldn't have stood there appealing. He should have got straight back up and tried to track back as well. Um, that little little bit of time gave Teller what he needed to be able to cut inside and obviously go around Macker and slot it in. But um, arguments, Dallo probably should be doing better. He's near post, but I think he was a bit close. It's hard to save something that low into it. And, but no, I, I, it's not a foul for me. Um, I also think the marking between Macker and Elder was poor for the second, and then obviously Greaves with the obscene pass for. Great assist for Teller and the third goal, but you know yeah. maybe they just wanted him to have an hat trick. Just say, yeah, I mean, but um, yeah. no, it's frustrating because, like you say, when you're against a side like that and you play so well, and the three goals were preventable, I think is the main point of that. Um, yeah. it, you look, you're coming away from it disappointed that we had, you know, a lot of clear cut chances that we we didn't take the best of, and then we've gifted them three, and they've they've got three points, and 
very frustrating because you know we could have really made a statement there with a win. Um, but you know, take positives out of it. We didn't really expect to win anyway, and they've come away from that thinking, "Well, we've had a game." So. You know, mm-hmm. can't complain too much, I suppose. But the errors do need to be cut out next season because it's been a problem all year, hasn't it? Are we yeah, the only I mean, team think... that scored against Burnley both games? No, but Tufan is the only player to score against him in both games. I spent uh, far too long trying to work that out uh, using various, <laughs> you know, statistics websites. But uh, no, I think maybe, I think a few teams have scored against him twice. But most of the teams that have scored against them are yet to play them again. So it isn't really that True. impressive a statistic. Um, but yeah, we, we've scored two goals against Burnley and not everyone can say that. So, you know, uh, silver lining. And I uh, thought it was a really good finish from Tufan. Uh, of course, it didn't matter. And uh, he did try to put it straight at the keeper, um, <laughs> as he tends to do. I know you said that earlier. And, um, but it, it's good to see him get another goal. So I mean, you know, I think attack, he was trying to decapitate me, Rich. Yeah, maybe, maybe um, I mean, Fletcher always goes on about striking the ball with vengeance and I'm sure he would have said it, um, you know, after that goal because he, he does love that phrase. And, and, and yeah, still, yeah, I disagree. Honest. I think that was, I think it was an important goal because I think... It was. The performance deserved wise, it. Yeah, yeah. confidence-wise, you know, it'd be demoralising for him to sit there on the back of a 3-0 defeat um, when playing so well. And I think getting that goal at the end you know, Rosini will have said to them, look, you played really well today. You know, the mistakes were, were silly. We need to cut them out. But well done for keep on going to the end. You know, 93 minutes, you carried on against the best side in the league and one of the best sides this, this, this league will see. Um, taking confidence into Reading, you know, yeah, I, I think it's quite an important goal. Yeah, next goal wins, maybe. Maybe yeah. we deserve Golden to win goal. it. We win, 1-0. Golden goal, yeah. So, I mean, I thought Traore, Ebiway, Alia were all pretty good. Uh, Tufan got an important goal. Um, I thought Longman actually did very well when he came on. Um, for, you know, I mean, he always does, but he did particularly well. Um, some good crosses and had a lot of shots. So, uh, um, and he did help. You know, that goal he did pass it to her. Well, he, he got the pre-assist to, to Doherty. So um, it was nice to see that. You know, it, it's, of course, it's not a real thing. It's just describing what happened. It's great. Um, XG. It's not a real thing. <laughs> well, XG is a real thing, but that'll uh, be the next Doctor stat to come out. Yeah, um, it's a shame we didn't exists. take those those chances. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah. Um, so shall we move on to Reading? Because I think after that performance against Burnley, I think we've got a, a very decent chance of going to Reading, who are just one place uh, below us. We're 15th, which I think is a little disappointing that we're 15th. I feel like we we deserve to be a tiny bit higher than that. But they're 16th. They've lost the last uh, four games, so... And how do you expect this one to go at the, uh, I mean, I don't know what the stadium is. I'm going to call it the Medeski. It's the Select Car Leasing Stadium now. Oh, 
It mm. doesn't that doesn't sound like a fancy Um on paper it's a game that we'd be earmarking for a win. Um but we are Hull City and they're not doing very well. So um, you know, chances are that we won't play very well and we'll lose. But it's it's I think this is an important game more for you know the the players that are wanting to be part of this next season. I think these remaining few games now are, are, are going to have to be statements for places in this side. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's a few positions yeah. definitely that are up for grabs, and these are the kind of games now where you're going to want to be looking for um, players to really step up and take control and say, "Look, we're we're better than you, and um, we're going to show that." Um, it's a tough one because you don't wor- you, you you don't really want to be playing the sides that. Um, are struggling. I mean, they've got a points deduction hanging over their head at the minute, and if they mm-hmm. get the points deduction, they're only three points off the bottom three. In big um, trouble. So desperation, I think, starting to sleek in a little bit. You know that they're on a bad run. Fans really aren't happy with the manager and some decisions that he's making and things like that. So it's a kind of one of those bad situations we've got to try and take advantage of. Get the you know if if you start well and get their fans against them from the off, you know we could we could probably have a good night, but. You know, it's it's typical city, isn't it? We might concede an awful set piece and then be chasing the game for eighty minutes. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it, it, but we have to we have to go there and 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 play on the front foot. We just have to, especially after how well we played against Burnley. Um, it'd just be criminal for us to go there and get turned over, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. Reading always for that home game. Well, the referee is still us anyway for that home game. Oh yeah. Uh, well, that, that was on. That, that was not a good day. The, the, the Elm Park Royals podcast channel earlier doing a preview for their channel and um, they really don't like us because I didn't actually realise, it's funny how you don't realise these things, but we are a bogey team for them. So despite them beating us this season, I think we've, they've only beaten us twice in the last... That, I was going to say that was 15, a rare win. Yeah, it's twice in the last 15 games or something like that. So they're really not looking forward to this game. Um, you know, kind of like us with, with some of our bogey teams where we just expect to lose. That's the kind of mindset they're in. So, again, another thing we've got to try and take advantage of and, and hopefully come away with a, a nice win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think we've drawn 1-1 one, one, um, the last two times we've gone there. Um, and Wilkes got the goal. Remember Wilkes? Yeah. Um, I mean, he's still the uh, the player that you see on Twitter if you go on to a, um, a whole City game. It always shows yeah. about Wilkes. Two years ago, it's ridiculous, but no Manic Wilkes. So, I mean, oh, hopefully, Manic we're going to score. Just got from 50 yards against the keeper who just lets it through his hands. Well, that exactly. It was a, a, a good result last season um, and a, a good goal. Not Well, not really, but Wilkes will say it, it was. Uh, so, Alex, I mean, in the chat, you need to do a Wilkes klaxon. <laughs> well, We've yes. had one in a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, they're seventh in the home table. I know, you know, maybe home form, away form, maybe you don't want to read too much into that. Um, but they have lost their last two home games 1-0. So I think they're definitely there for the taking. Um, and, uh, I mean, but then again, as you said, um, they're below us, they're in rubbish form. We are the team that always gives another team a win when they need it. And uh, Tom Ince, of course, a former player, surely he's bound to score. He's their top goal scorer. So I think... Um, even though it's not on Sky, or maybe a midweek game, uh, at the fact Reading have a rubbish record against us, perhaps you know the superstitious statistics uh, aren't really looking in our favour. But um, I hope we get the win. Um, but I guess who who should we play for this game? I think there's um, you know Ebuwe. He's definitely going to play. But there are a few players I think that 
that could be um, trying to start. So, um, I mean, I guess Darwin goal, and then who would be playing right back? Because it looks like Louis Coyle is going to be injured. We don't know exactly yet. But um, not confirmed how long he's out for, have they? It might be. It might even be all right for the weekend. We don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that would be um, a big uh, boost because I think he's been fairly decent in the last few games. Yeah, I think I think he'd be tempted um, to put either Elder in right back and play him, um, you know, as like an inverted wing back on the other side, Greaves at left back, or play uh, Alfie Jones in right back and uh, put Greaves in the middle. I, it, it, I, I don't know. I mean, it, I think he's more likely to be the first one of those two. Yeah, he's more likely to put Greaves in fullback as we've seen throughout the season. I think you know, Elders as much as we probably don't want him to play on the right hand side because he's he's been okay in left back lately. I just think that natural fullback uh, would be the logical way to go, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially for a whole game because of course Coyle lasted into the second half, didn't he? But then I thought Doherty may, maybe was at fault. He was out of position too high up the pitch for the second goal. So, um, you know, I think he did do well with the assist later. So maybe there's a reason to put Doherty in the midfield and and actually have Elder at right back because um, as we'll get onto with the combined lineup before the show started, Will and I were both oh, discussing that Regan <laughs> Slater isn't in the best form. So perhaps you drop him out and maybe have Coyle... Uh, Doherty mid- midfield and Elder at right back. Would you agree with that, Will? But, um, I would probably think about having. I think the midfield needs to be. I think I think two fans made a shout for coming back into the midfield. To be honest, mm-hmm. well, he scored. Yeah, we did just spend five minutes talking about how good it was that he got a goal. So I guess he would deserve to start and uh, you know capitalize on that confidence that he got from. I think goal. midfield will be the most interesting position, other than obviously the right-back problem. I think midfield's the most interesting one to look out for because, like we say, Doc got the assist, but technically from right-back. Then you've got Adama Traore, who you know, played really well. really well. but is his Cannot drop him. That two in a row. Um, Tufan, who didn't start, but he came on and scored, played really well. Then you've got Suri, who we know what Suri can do. You've got Simons. Um, you know, it, it, what does he go for? Because I, I, don't, I don't think... On paper, form-wise, you'd probably have Siri, um, Traore and Tufan as a midfield three, but I think that's too lightweight. Um, so, yeah, it, it, you, logically you're thinking it's either going to be Adama or Tufan. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I don't know which way he'll go. Interesting. Yeah. Good it's, dilemmas it's to have, though. Dilemmas different have options. Well, yeah, because they've had so many injuries. It's rare that we actually have four or five players trying to get into... You know that same position. Uh, I think, I think maybe I would drop Slater because um, I mean, I, he has been playing on the wing or um, in a more attacking position, and I don't think that's his best position. So I think it would be a bit unfair to say he's had a, a poor run of form because um, you know he's, he is out of position. But uh, I think you know with those other players in, in better form, perhaps um, I drop him. But shall we just get on to it? I uh, know more oh, pre-variegating. Here's the combined lineup from uh, Hull City and Reading. So we've got Oscar opinion up front. Of course, he scored against um, Coventry and either it would be um, Zhao or, or Carroll or Long uh, for Reading and they were rubbish. Got Ebiway on the left wing, although maybe he should be on the right. I, I don't really think that matters. Tom Ince is on the right. 
wing because of course he's the top scorer for Reading. Uh, two fan, uh, Jeff Hendrick in midfield with Seri, elder left back Maka Jones, uh, and then I'm not even sure how to pronounce this uh, Reading right back's name, Mbenge, I suppose. But he he is one of the only fit right backs between the two clubs, and then Carl Darlow yeah. in goal. So um, so by default he's in the team. Exactly by default. So um, I mean I saw you giggling through that. Is that one of the worst ones yet? Actually, it's one of your better ones. Thank you, thank you. It doesn't yeah, really but... mean a lot because they are they are all <laughs> terrible, to be fair. But. Uh, you know, I think that one's okay, and um, it's nice to have eight whole city players in that lineup. Sometimes recently, like when we, I didn't bother with one for Burnley because it'd just be eleven Burnley players. Wait, pull that back up. Put it back up. Oh, it's so good. You want to see it again? Why is Here it everywhere? Is. Not in everywhere. Well, you put it on the left wing. Why have you put everywhere on the left wing? Hmm. Well, I don't think wing position counts. I, I just forgot which wing he was on, basically. It doesn't. Don't oh, think. In, don't read into right wing, left wing, left back and right back. That's fine. But uh, you know, I don't. Know. He put. He, well, the thing is, he could play either wing because he put good crosses in and also um, had a few shots. So he could probably do either. But uh, this yeah, is where he, we found be... out. This is where we found out Jeff Hendricks suspended. Yeah. Oh, I hope he isn't, because then I look like a right prank. I'd have to be say to him. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, combine 11s are usually your saving graces every episode. Yes, of course. Um, but then one whole city <laughs> midfielder who has been playing quite well, who we've not really even mentioned for the whole podcast, is Javier Simons, who today, uh, just a few hours ago, was announced that he has signed on a permanent deal. Well, so a, a, ch- a signing in March, he'll be like a new signing. Well, uh, I think that's astute business, isn't it? Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah, there's not really much more to say than that. We've we finally seen him actually play a few games, so you know, makes, we know who sense. we're getting. It made yeah, sense. Him, him and Rossini have said in press conferences, well, Rossini said he wants to keep him, and he himself has said he wants to stay here. So I think it was an inevitable move. Yeah, you want mm-hmm. players that want yeah. to be here. Um, he's young. And he's obviously what I liked about the transfer policy at the minute is we are looking at young players that have got bright futures. So you've either got young players that are going to develop into you know really really good first team players and and bring us success, or you're going to have really good young players that eventually become a very sellable asset in the sense that they're going to recoup you know recoup us a lot of money. So that kind of transfer policy is always going to be a win. Um, I think what from what we've seen of him, despite you know, for the majority of the season, wondering why we even had him on loan. And then he's coming and proving what he can do. Um, I think it's an exciting signing to have, especially, you know, as, as Siri, um, you know, as he gets into more into his 30s um, with us, might become more injury prone. Um, you've got, you, you know, you've got an able bodied um, replacement ready in Simons. Yeah. Um, and like we say, he wanted to be here. So anybody that wants to be part of the, you know, the, the, the rebuild that we're doing here, then. Let's do it. I mean, um, th- th- was it was the fee undisclosed, or was it actually? Um, I, I don't suppose it'll be that much. I know. No. I know that it was worth noting that in the in the announcement for the transfer, there was a, a few bits from journos that were saying that it was intended to be done on deadline day, um, but it was actually Chelsea's yeah, deal. Yeah, it was. It, it was. 
it was meant to, and yeah, the paperwork didn't get through on time on yeah. all, Chelsea. All the end. staff were working out on getting the Fernandez deal through instead, which mm. is understandable. It was a hundred well, million. That's their player. priority, isn't it, for Chelsea? Yeah. Not getting you know Simons to us. But Paul well, Simons yeah. sat sat somewhere in Anlaby, just thinking, I want to be here. Mm. Screw it. Well, he's now. I mean, he was here I, anywhere. That's yeah, I don't understand why they've announced it now, though, because if it had to be on deadline day... The, they've agreed the deal. It's been confirmed they've agreed the deal. It just means it will go through until the end of the season. It just means right. he isn't going to go back to Chelsea. He's going to stay here. Mm. Well, I guess he has to go and, you know, pack you know pack his bags, you know, get some stuff from Well, home. he can do that next week on the international break. Yeah, exactly. So, um... It's the international break after Reading, so I guess regardless of the result, maybe that um, you know momentum what won't carry over, or if we uh, you know we lose, it doesn't really matter. But uh, do we think we're going to get some momentum from this Reading game? Or what are our official match Hopefully. predictions? Um, oh, uh, I'll, I'll go for the three uh, 0 like I always do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think this game could could. Potentially end three 0 um, and not to Reading because I think uh, with the uh, if we play as well as we did in the second yeah, half on the on the ball creating the chances um, against Reading who are in poor form I think especially if we get an early goal we could see could see City finally score a few goals uh, so I, I might go I might go tighter than that because I'm not really confident in some of our players finishing so I might go a one 0 City win but what about you you went one one. That's what I said on the one one. Odd. I think it'd be one of the where we're we're really frustrated. Um I think Reading will make it difficult for us. I think it'll be similar to what it was like at Stoke, where we go there and it's made really physical and it's the kind of game that we don't want to be playing and probably concede an awful set piece and um then be chasing the game and equalise late on kind of thing. Yeah. I'm I'm I'm, I think... I'm I'm expecting an Aliar goal though. I think he's. I think he's on it. This game. I think this is it. I think that's that's one thing we have mentioned actually about the Burnley game is I think the reason we looked so good as well is because we were playing a team that mm. went just being defensive. We were playing a team who were trying to also play a positive style of football, which allowed us to have yeah. the space to do it ourselves. And Reading are going to do that. <laughs> no, no, but it, it's going to be like the away game where. We had the ball for the entire time and hopefully our set-piece defending, well, it has improved significantly because, of course, we conceded two there. So I don't think we're going to have the same problems. I think they've got worse and we've got better since that game, which, uh, yeah, I wasn't happy with, um, you know, the uh, the own goal at the end there. can't remember who, who, who that was accredited to, to be fair. Okay. Uh, but, yeah. Um, I so. Why. I yeah. think if we score first, I think we could get two or three. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, There's been a few games like that, I think, this season yeah. where if we'd scored when we were on top, we might have gone on yeah. and we've just not been able to. I think a, yeah. a goal before the 20-minute mark and, and we run away with it. But, you know, I think the longer the game goes on and, and it gets to a, a position where their fans are getting frustrated, the more it suits us. So we, we've, we've kind of got quite a bit going in our favour because we either score early and and then the game, you know, becomes a bit more of what we want and they've got to come out as and it's a bit more open or they get frustrated and, and you know, like we're saying, forces errors and, you know, creates a bit of an atmosphere that their players don't want to play in. The only other alternative, obviously, is that Reading score early first and then it creates a bit of a problem. But <laughs> I've got belief in us at the minute, you know, completely different to what we was under Shotter, that when the other team scores first, I'm like, 
that's okay because I, I still feel like we're going to go and score. Whereas, <laughs> like, you know, under yeah. Shotter, as soon as we conceded the first goal, it was like, oh, let's get Death sentence, wasn't yeah. it? 1 0 in the first half. Or, or really any point because we we uh, really we really didn't because we even at so two nil against Burnley, I, I was sat there and I was like, if we get the next goal, like you know, they, mm. they were, we can really go at them. It wasn't until obviously the third goal went in, we decided to just boot it into our own net. Essentially, um, that it really was hammered home that we were going to lose. But like I say, that it's good to have that sort of mindset in games now, where we're actually you know still feel like we're in games all the time instead of within 20 minutes, just thinking, what's the point? Game over, yeah. Yeah, well, I think that's a, a lovely mindset that we've got. And um, I really enjoy watching the uh, clips from uh, Rossini's um, evening with the fans. And that's mm. posted on YouTube and he comes across so well. It's just nice night. to be, yeah, it's just really lovely to have, uh, you know, a really good manager who, who, is, who comes across really well in uh, interviews and, you know, has a very exciting attacking team. We've got lots of young players and, uh, yeah, even though we did lose three one at home, uh, you know, of course, because it was Burnley, and I think we have a lot of things to be happy for uh, as whole fans at the moment, and lots of uh, optimism going into um, a game perhaps we should win, and then uh, another season with the senior full season, hopefully we can have a, a really good push um, people, next season. People still managed to find there were still people still managing to question Rossini on his tactics on that evening, though. Yeah, I mean, you know. Who'd be a manager? Because you get criticism all the time. It just seems it's gonna happen. such a difficult I mean, job. I think what, what really made me realise that it's a normal thing is that um, when I went on the Burnley Channel Turfcast, um, he was telling me that there's even some of their fans that don't like the fact they play out from the back. And they're, 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 and they're top of the league. How? Nearly 20 points clear in three games from promotion. Well, they're just used to... At the top of the league, eyeing up the yeah. championship points record. And they still have fans that complain that they play out from the back. So it's they always Chris Wood. So just earn it and just just let the players on the pitch do the talking, I suppose. And just like Rosini is not going to budge. It's the way he wants to play. And I think next season you'll see even more because I yeah. think this season I think fitness levels from the players haven't been up to the standard he wants. He wants all preseason like, under his belt. Yeah, all. I think the the preseason's so important and player recruitment will be so important. And it's like. You know, we need high-energy players, players that are going to throw themselves on the line for, for 93 minutes. He wants to do with us what companies doing with Burnley. He wants a, a team that press as a full 11, force issues for the entire game and just basically choke out the other team with, with majority of possession. So it, it's it's really exciting what we could potentially do next season. Although we are setting ourselves up for spectacular failure, oh, yeah. <laughs> it is nice to, nice to have that. We could be a phenomenal, you know, there's clearly some building. Yeah. 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 There's a clear vision to the team and uh, the club as we well. We have an identity. Finally. Mm. Yeah. And then uh, another development was um, I don't think we're allowed to talk about it, so I'm not going to mention it. What? <laughs> um, uh, nothing. What? Nothing at all. Nothing what, the at rumor all. That, uh, is it going to be the rumor that we're apparently we're signing Macapa? Oh, yes, that rumor. So I am I allowed to talk about that? Um, because, What's of course. The rumor? Uh, Ajahn is um Ajahn is uh he's the yeah, owner Kappa, of Capo, isn't he? So um of course that's um for people who don't know what that is, it's the um Umbro will be got rid of as the new shirt owner. And I think that's a bit which of a is, shame. Which is because interesting Umbro because it's not the end of Umbro's contract. Hmm. So they're intentionally they're intentionally, you know, getting rid of them. But you know, it's oh, another see. link to 
another campaign. Obviously, it's, yeah. it's just a rumour at the moment, Nathaniel. There's nothing hmm. official. I think a few of us are going to have to go to the gym if we're getting Kappa, because... Well, that's the thing I'm not, <laughs> not happy about. Football. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not the most flattering of shit. Even the footballers look a bit too, you know, and these guys are ripped. So, uh, yeah. No, I, the only the only quarrel I have with Kappa, I just don't like how their logo is like put on millions of times. I don't like that down the side of a kit. But other than that, they've done some nice ones. The retro ones they did were really nice. I mean, I'm not sure about that because when Umbro have those diamonds that go all the way down, that looks ace. I didn't like them. Mm. I don't oh, like. I don't like them being too like the manufacturer. I like them more plain and succinct. So I like them when it's just there, and then the rest of the kit is the club's identity, not the manufacturer all over the kit kind of thing. Yeah. It reminds me of those like um, obscure teams you find on FIFA from like the J League that are just absolutely plastered in loads of different sponsors and advertisements. I don't like. Oh, it. they're wearing like, like Mizuno kits. Yeah, yeah. or any I like, I liked it when when Paddy Power did it with Huddersfield without the shirt sponsor. I like them that, you know, quiet, a nice quiet kit, smart. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I think uh, <laughs> smart is, is a nice uh, word to end on for today's episode. Um, thank you very much for everyone for listening and commenting and liking and all that lovely stuff. And um, still looking forward to the launch of our website. That's going to be happening very soon. We're going to have lots of exciting um, uh, articles written by a whole host of people who may or may not even support Hull. It's, it's that exciting that we've got people yeah. from all over. And I think we've got one Wigan fan who, you know, wants to, to sign uh, for the prestigious, you know, website of To Hull and Back. So thanks again for listening. You and we'll see you again. The moment, that's why. Well, yeah. And <laughs> you can't blame him. No, they're okay. I think no, they are. Bottom of the league. Yeah, I mean, that... Well, we're not gonna, you know, we're not a Wigan podcast. We're not gonna, you know, talk about that too much. But I don't think that was the best managerial appointment, followed by another fairly, you know, dodgy uh, managerial appointment. So we'll see you all again next week, hopefully after a fantastic three-nil win against Reading. So, tra. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.